Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, each week uh, during Advent this year, we're looking at scenes uh, from the beginning of each of the four Gospels. Uh, the beginnings of the Gospels tell us a lot about what it meant and also what it means uh, for Jesus to come to people like us. So last week, we looked at Mark's picture of John the Baptist this morning. We're going to look at Luke's picture of Mary. So I'm going to read from Luke 1 for us. I'll read verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is God's word, and it's given for our good. Let me pray for us. Father, we ask now as we uh, talk about and we think about this word that we have just read together, um, that you would meet us in exactly the places where we find ourselves this morning, facing whatever it is that we're facing or thinking about, whatever we're thinking about, that you would meet us, that you would show us the grace of Jesus, the word who came to Mary, the word who comes to us and change us by his grace. And we ask it in his name. Amen. Well, uh, maybe some of you uh, watch The Mandalorian. Uh, it's a Star Wars spin-off television show that airs on Disney+. And a few weeks ago, uh, the internet blew up for a couple of hours about a character who inadvertently made his way uh, onto the show, into the show, uh, some eagle-eyed fans uh, caught uh, one of the crew members, obviously someone uh, who was working on the set that day, caught one of the crew members who made it into a shot with one of the three main characters. Uh, he was uh, instantly named Jeans Guy um, because, no surprise, he was wearing jeans in the shot. And uh, as soon as I read about it, I checked it out, and I have to say it, it was pretty great. Uh, he's there for just a split second, he is so easy to miss. He is barely visible in the shot because he's hiding. He's trying to duck out of the scene. 
There's no way in the world uh, that I would have ever seen him if I uh, hadn't read about it. And I have to tell you, I, I thought about hiddenness uh, like that um, as I read through Mary's story and thought through it again this week. And that's because by first century standards, there's almost no way um, to be more hidden than Mary was. She is very young in a world that valued age. Uh, she is poor in a deeply stratified class system. And she is a woman, a girl, really, in a world that is run and ruled by men. She lives in this incredibly insignificant place, this out-of-the-way place, so far removed from the halls of power, so far removed from the trappings of religious influence. She is barely noticeable. Mary is hidden. And yet a word comes to her that changes the world. Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. God is with you, Mary. He has come to you. And I think it's pretty wonderful um, to think that ad the advent of Jesus started there with Mary, as tucked away as she was, as little as she was in the eyes of the world. And I think that that is at least part of the point of the way that God came to us. It was to say that God comes to people just like that. That God comes to people like us, like you and me, in whatever places that we find ourselves facing, whatever things we are facing this morning. I mean, the advent of Jesus is, is for the whole world, for sure. But it is also about the coming of God to people like me and you. Two. So Luke, Luke begins by telling us that all of this happened in the sixth month. Um, what he means by that is the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Elizabeth is a relative of Mary's, and even though she isn't supposed to be able to have a child, she is pregnant in six months pregnant now. That is important later on in the story. But what's important now is the way that Luke tells us about Gabriel coming to Mary. Luke uh, describes an incredible descent. It reminds me of one of those images that you sometimes maybe see in a movie that starts way out in the vastness and the darkness of the universe, and it just begins to zoom in closer and closer and closer to our planet, and then closer and closer to the ground until it just aims in on one house or one person. It is uh, an incredible descent from God to Galilee, from Galilee to Nazareth, from Nazareth to a little house, to the back room of that house, to, to a young girl, a virgin, in the back room of that house, to this woman who is betrothed to a man named Joseph. And after Luke describes all of that, he finally at the end tells us that her name was Mary. That's the descent from the height of the heavenlies 
into that back room in a little dusty backwater town to marry all alone. And you know, I know most of us know this story. <laughs> most of us here have read this story or we have sung this story or we have heard this story our whole lives. But it's good to stop for a moment and think about just how remarkable this descent really is. I mean, Mary certainly recognized that it was remarkable when Gabriel told her that uh, God was with her. And when he greeted her, she was greatly troubled. And she tried to discern what in the world this greeting could possibly mean. I mean, Mary, her whole life had heard stories about people being with God, about God being with people. She had heard stories like the story of how God was with his people in, in the cloud and in the fire at the Exodus. But now she's being told that God is there with her. And church, this is the good news of Advent. That God comes to people like us. That the glory, that the, the joy of being with the Father was something that, glad, that he was glad to give up so that he could come to be with people like you and me. That he didn't consider it, as St. Paul says, he didn't consider his equality with God something to be grasped onto if letting go of it meant that he could come to be with us, for us, and for our good. Even in all of our own smallness and hiddenness. Facing the stuff that nobody else around you knows that you're facing. Um, facing the stuff that you hope no one finds out about. Facing the sins that we battle, the addictions that cling to us, the loss that we might face, the pain that we might face, the mental illness, the, the physical illness, the longing for change, the longing for something better. Jesus descends into all of that. He comes into all of that and worse so that we can be forgiven, so that we can be restored, so that we can be healed. I mean, I don't know all of the particularities of whatever it is that you are facing this morning, but I do know this, that he has come to you. He has come to you like a sunrise from on high with healing in its wings. Church, that is absolutely true. He has come to you. And this beautiful, mysterious story, this terrifying story of Mary and the angel dares you to believe it or believe it again if that's the case. And of course, Gabriel knows. He knows her trouble in believing, even in, in comprehending something like this. So he tells her not to be afraid. And then he does what we call the Annunciation. He tells Mary that she's going to conceive and bear a son. And she, he says that he's going to be great. <laughs> he's going to be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord is going to give to him the throne of his father David. He's going to rule over Jacob forever. He says, Mary, his kingdom is never going to end. <laughs> this is a world-shaking word given just to Mary. As John Calvin wrote, a word that is buried in the heart of one girl. 
And you know, we know, we know, especially from the song that she sings later, that she, she knows that what she has just heard is good news for the whole world. But for now, we can understand, I think, why she is confused about the most salient point for her. Mary asks, how can this possibly be? How can this happen? I'm, I'm a virgin. You know, we don't know uh, if Mary is racing ahead to the future. You know, we don't know what it is exactly that she's thinking about. I mean, having a child was certainly something that she thought about for the future when she and Joseph were married, but not now. Is she racing ahead? Is she thinking about uh, what her parents will say when they hear this? You know, what a small town like hers will say when they all find out about this? Is she thinking about what, what Joseph will say when he eventually finds out? Well, we don't know exactly what it is that she is thinking, but we do know how it worked out in her life. Whispers and accusations followed her and her son for her whole life. This, this favor, it will cost her. And that matters. But she doesn't resist. <laughs> she just wants to know how. So Gabriel walks her deeper into the mystery. He says the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child that's going to be born to you will be called Holy. Mary, this is not just a great Davidic king. It's the Son of God. And then Gabriel uh, bolsters, I'm sure, her own ability, her own belief um, in such an astounding, audacious thing by telling her something that she hadn't known before. And that was that her relative Elizabeth, who wasn't supposed to be able to uh, have a child of her own, is now pregnant in her sixth month. You'll see soon enough, Mary. And then you'll know that nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. And I think we should let that uh, settle over us. That word from Gabriel to Mary. Nothing will be impossible with God. You know, I don't think that's an invitation to imagine all kinds of flights of fancy that could be possible. I think that is a, a bold underlining of the good promises that God has made. That there is nothing, that there is absolutely nothing that will thwart his, his intentions for our good. There is nothing that will thwart his intentions for the forgiveness of our sins. There is nothing that will thwart his intention for the healing and the restoration of the entire broken world. Nothing, nothing. Not our own obstinance, not our own running away from him, not the humility of the descent that he has to take, not the cross, not even death itself. Nothing will keep him from keeping the promises that he has made to us. Nothing. It's just not possible to derail his promises to us. 
And part of growing up as a, a Christian, part of how you and I grow up as Christians is to learn to rest in that truth every waking moment of our lives. And in particular, when we face chaos and failure and trouble and pain and difficulty. So what does Mary, what does Mary say to all of this? How does she respond? Well, since she said at the church, we as the church have held up her response as a beautiful example of the obedience of the faithful. Since she said it, we have always held her up and said, this is what it looks like to be faithful. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She subsumes her own will underneath the will of the God who is with her. She allows his will to cut across her own and she embraces his purpose. And you know, the medieval church, um, they had this beautiful way of getting at the aim and the importance and the intention of what, what it is that Mary says here. Uh, in the medieval church, um, sometimes paintings of this moment of the Annunciation or just paintings of Mary alone would have the words that she said here painted above her head. But the words would be upside down as if they are to be read from above, from outside of the frame. And this was their way of picturing that what Mary said in that moment was not addressed to Gabriel, it was addressed to God. Mary, she may be hidden, and Mary may be small, and she may be scared about all that is about to unfold in her life, but there is nothing hidden, and there is nothing small, and there is nothing timid in her example of faithfulness. Regardless of what it may cost her in the moment, she submits to the purposes of God. And this is always how it works in the life of faith for people like us. We, we don't rest in our own ability to bend things into the shape uh, that we want them. We don't rest in our own ability to make our lives go according to the script that we think would be best. I mean, our abilities, they are seriously limited. The older I get, the more fully and profoundly I know that that's true. And our, our idea of best, our imagination of best, it's far too small. Instead, what you and I do is faithfully rest in the God who makes and keeps promises to us. May it be for us, according to his word. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for this quiet moment that happens between Mary and Gabriel, hidden, unseen to the whole world. 
And we thank you for the beautiful reminder. It is the mysterious reminder that it is that you have come not only for the good of the whole created order, but you have come for our individual good too. So we ask, Father, that you would uh, help us to be a people who again see this and believe it and rest in your good purpose and your good plan and your good promise. Do this so that we'll uh, be strengthened in our own faith and do this so that through us you can love this broken world around us. And we pray it in Christ's name. Amen.